and thank you for joining me for another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. I was going to wait and do a basketball and football episode after the the basketball game against Bethune-Cookman Monday night, but decided to just go ahead and do a short episode talking about that Purdue game, and then I'll do a basketball episode later this week. But just a really fun Saturday with the Hawks on the road at Purdue, West Lafayette. I watched it in the quiet of my basement, the man cave. It wasn't always quiet, I guess. My son told me a few times that I was being way too loud, so I had to tone it down a little bit. I guess I get into the games uh, quite a bit. Most of the time on Saturday, I was cheering and jumping around and, and just having a blast. So, so that was great. You know, personally, I've had this game circled since before the season. Once Charlie Jones transferred to Purdue, I just that that just didn't feel right to me. I didn't really care about Tyrone Tracy transferring. We kind of knew that that was coming. He wasn't getting the touches he wanted in the, in the Iowa offense. Being from Indiana, it made sense for him to go to Purdue. And he, he did it right after the season, so that wasn't a real shocker there. I just felt like the way it happened with Charlie Jones was a bit odd. He announced he's coming back to be a Hawkeye for a six-year of eligibility, pumped to be a Hawkeye, all that kind of stuff, and then goes through spring ball and then transferred in May after spring ball. But... You know, he probably wasn't getting the touches he wanted and, and probably could see some of the issues with that offense. And for whatever reason, I mean, I get it. He wanted to, to go to Purdue to, to get more passes thrown his way, and, and that's that seems to be working out for him. And this is really just the new way. I think we're going to have to just get used to this because with the new transfer portal rules, I think it's going to start happening a lot as we go forward. After this season, it's going to really be interesting to see. I think a lot of players are going to be swapping teams, but they're not guaranteed to get into a better situation when they transfer. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all all shakes out. And I really did not want to see this work out for Charlie, at least when he's playing Iowa. I don't care when he's playing other teams. But uh, he did get his touches on Saturday, but I, I don't get it. Their offense to throw to Charlie – about 20 times a game the Hawkeyes could do that uh, this year if Charlie was on the team the Hawkeyes could have done that last year thrown to Charlie 20 times and only score three points in a game I mean what what are you gaining by that it just doesn't seem like a very good strategy and poor offensive planning by the Boilermakers to just constantly be targeting Charlie or maybe it's the quarterback I don't know but you know that's good for an individual but I would think winning would be a lot more fun. And if Charlie would have stayed at Iowa, I think he would be the Hawkeyes' leading receiver right now, likely on a 7-2 and two team. You know, If he could have made some plays against Iowa State and Illinois, who knows? But injuries to wide receivers have made, have made it really tough for the Hawkeyes this year. Even Tyrone Tracy would probably have more production at Iowa right now uh, than he has at, at Purdue if he would have stayed with the Hawkeyes. I just don't get how Purdue's offense is just throw it to Charlie and they don't spread it around more if, if they're that devoid of talent. Charlie is a good receiver. That's very evident to see. He's more of a possession receiver. He can get vertical now and then, beat guys deep, but I think he's more of a slot possession type of receiver. A really good one. Um, but he's not a David Bell type of a guy. And they're running their offense around getting him the football. He had 19 targets on Saturday. Had 11 catches for 104 yards. He took some pretty big hits in the process as well. He looked a little drained after the game. 
Tyrone Tracy had just one carry for five yards. No catches. He was targeted at least once, and I recall him taking a big hit on that play. I believe it was the cash position, Sebastian Castro with a stick there and, and dislodged Char, or, uh, Tyrone from the ball. Well, getting back to Charlie, he did have one long catch of 41 yards. It was a deep post. I was frustrated that they didn't have a safety that could, that could come over and help there. Hard to tell on TV. I'm not sure what drew the safety up, but if you you look at his other 10 catches, he averaged around six yards per catch. Uh, it was 19 of O'Connell's 43 passes that went to Charlie and only getting 5.5 yards per attempt with a 104 yards on 19 tries. And the Hawkeyes' defense really frustrated O'Connell. He completed just 20 of 43 passes for a 46% completion rate, and I think he was at 66 coming into the game. 168 yards, so the other 24 passes that weren't targeted to Charlie Jones were good for a total of 64 yards, and that is just really poor. Purdue must not have the offensive players that past teams have had. It really seems like Charlie kind of saved their team as far as not being just a three or four win season, and uh, it's going to be hard to come by wins for them coming up. They've got Illinois next, another tough defense. Really interested to see how Purdue can do against the Illini. Purdue just two of 16 on third down conversions. What a great job by that Hawkeye defense. 255 total yards of offense, 87 rushing yards on 31 attempts. Uh, Maccabee had 65 yards. It really felt like Purdue was trying to run the clock at times. Like they were trying to run it out. I mean, I know they weren't, but they just rushed so often on first down. Kept the clock running. I just think they knew they were outmatched in this game once the Hawkeyes got that 17-point lead. And then early on in that second half, getting the 21-point lead, they just kind of handed it over to the Hawkeyes. There was no way they were going to score that many points on Iowa. But total yards per pass, 3.9 for Purdue. O'Connell threw two interceptions on overthrows where he missed the receiver. Kayvon Merriweather got one, Seth Benson the other. Yeah, it was a really nice catch, uh, kind of a scooping catch just before the, the ball hit the turf. The Hawkeyes are an offensive juggernaut. I wouldn't go that far, but of late, they've been good. Two games in a row. They had 376 total yards of offense. I really wanted them to get to 400, but this was just one of those games where the lead, they got the big lead, and, and the defense wasn't going to give anything up, and the play calling got really conservative in the second half. There was a chance late if Petrus could have hit tight end Ostrenga, um, but, but he missed him. He was he was open, would have gotten a first down, and maybe they would have gotten a few more yards, but it doesn't matter. The Hawkeyes got 15 first downs in this game, just 4 of 14 on third down. They need to work on that still. Uh, 192 yards passing on 13 of 23. Petrus was really good. He had a little bit of a slow start to the game. He got really good the rest of that first half, really efficient first half overall, and then seemed off target in the second half. Um, he missed on three of his first four passes of that second half. But Caleb Johnson had the big run, the 75-yarder, to build the lead, 24-3. to And the rushing game looked really good, led by the true freshman. He had 22 carries for 200 yards and a 75-yard TD. He averaged nine yards per carry in the game. And as a team, the Hawkeyes averaged over five yards per carry. Another really balanced game with 192 passing yards, 184 rushing yards. 
when you factor in the minus 19 rushing for Petrus on some sacks, and then Arlen Bruce lost a few yards on a jet sweep that went bad. It looked like the timing was off there. Caleb Johnson was taking the, the fake handoff and, and ran into Arlen Bruce just as he was getting the ball. A bit of a circus play there. They need to need to work on the timing because I, I love those jet sweeps, and, and they've had some success, especially last week with that play. Well, Gavin Williams, it appears, must still be injured. He's been a little bit dinged up all year, so hopefully they can get him some rest, get him healthy. I'm not sure what was up with LaShawn Williams. He didn't seem, I didn't see him in there in the first half. Um, not sure if, if I just missed it. Then he played some snaps in the second half, and, and Jazzy and Patterson, the other true freshman, also got some carries. He had just four carries for four yards. Arlen Bruce got a carry, lined up as running back as well. It's a play where he seemed to injure his shoulder, but he did come back into the game later. But Cooper DeGene took over the punt return duties after that injury. Let's talk offensive line a little bit. They did a they did the job again on Saturday. A pretty good job. You know, it, it was great to see. Uh, everyone was wondering, you know, is Iowa's offense improving? Is the offensive line taking steps forward? Or was it just the competition against Northwestern? And it's both. It's the competition. Because even Purdue, I mean, they're not to the Michigan, Illinois, or Ohio State uh, level as far as their defensive prowess. But, you know, those teams have really good defenses. Purdue has a pretty def decent defense, at least statistically, coming into the game quite a bit better than Northwestern. But the Hawkeyes did a really nice job, especially in that first half, getting the big lead and never looking back. And once again, it was Richmond left tackle, Connor Colby at left guard. That seems to be a winning combination on, on the left side. Colby was really struggling at right tackle, played right guard last year, and... It was a good game for those guys on the left side, especially Mason Richmond, who seems to really be coming into his own at the tackle position. Logan Jones had kind of an up-and-down game. There were issues at times where his guy got around him, uh, got into the backfield too early, but timing seems better there. Uh, I think he's, he's continuing to improve. Bo Stevens, at right guard, had, had DeYoung rotating in as well. And then Jack Plum at right tackle. Give him a lot of credit. He, he wasn't starting earlier this year. And since being put into the starting lineup for his senior season, he's really doing a nice job. So let's hope he can, he can carry that into the last three games. Really solid offensive line play, especially compared to where they were a few weeks ago. Defensively, just a masterful game by the Hawkeyes. They did have some penalties, some holding calls. But overall, if I was grading this game, it's an A, just giving up three points uh, against Purdue, especially when Purdue had a first and goal at the two and had to settle for a field goal. That was one of the few disappointments around the Hawkeyes offense in that first half because Iowa had a, a first and goal from the two as well and had to settle for a field goal. So both teams got stuck with three after being so close to pay dirt. Uh, for the Hawkeyes, that had been a 10-play, 77-yard drive. Uh, but after you know having first and goal, it was a run for loss of two, the jet sweep snafu that I talked about where the, the running back and the, the receiver ran into each other, lost some yardage, and then Petrus was sacked. But let's get back to that defense. Quinn Schulte, Jack Campbell were the leading tacklers with six. Noah Shannon, Deontay Craig, each with five tackles. Not as many sacks this week uh, compared to, to last week, but it felt like the Hawkeyes were getting some good pressure on O'Connell and put some good hits on him. Craig had a sack, Deontay Craig, Joe Evans, the sack, 
Van Ness with a nice sack on third and goal, making Purdue kick the field goal. And the defensive line rotation continues to be successful. Those guys come in fresh, make plays. And how about the big true freshman, Aaron Graves? He had two tackles for loss in this game where he just manhandled the offensive lineman, knifes into the backfield, and, and just makes plays. He's going to be a good one. And already, as a true freshman, is looking really good out there. You know, And he's a big guy. But uh, that's, a, that's a tough position to come in, defensive tackle, and play as a true freshman. And, but he looks like he belongs out there. On special teams, Torrey Taylor, eight punts for a 52-yard average. Really good considering the wind and the weather conditions. He had some bullets into the wind. I'm sure he would like more inside the 20. Just two, two were, were stopped inside the 20. Had four going to the end zone. But he just needed to keep the ball away from Charlie Jones in this game. And he got the job done under some really difficult situa- circumstances with the wind. And that's another thing Charlie Jones is kind of missing out being with the Hawkeyes. I get it. I mean, he's probably loving loving this senior year, catching so many passes. But I don't see him doing a whole lot on special teams this year. And he was the special teams player of the year for the Big Ten last year with the Hawkeyes, where the Hawkeyes obviously focus uh, on on really good big uh, really good special teams play. So Drew Drew Stevens, one of two from field goals, he boinked one off the upright in the second half. But he really has the leg on him, and, and I like what we're seeing out of the true freshman. This game really wasn't ever in doubt once the Hawkeyes got that 14-point lead. And, you know, I was a bit concerned that they didn't punch it in for seven and settled for that field goal when they had first and goal at two. But you know, once Purdue did the same thing, it kind of made up for that. And the Hawkeyes went on for a dominating 24-3 win. The Boilermakers were still hoping for a Big Ten title, but it's going to be really tough to reach now after consecutive losses to Wisconsin and Iowa. And the offense of the Boilermakers is really looking anemic uh, if you look at the last two games. so And next up for the Boilers is Illinois, so it's not getting any easier for that offense. Now, Illinois is coming off a loss to Michigan State at home, a surprising loss, and that loss actually kept Iowa's hopes for a Big Ten West title in play. Now, it's very doubtful at this point, but there's still a possibility that if the Hawkeyes win out, that's number one. They just have to win out, and that's all they can think about right now. They've got three trophy games coming up next, starting with Wisconsin, then Minnesota, then Nebraska, and two of those are at home, Wisconsin this week, and... I think this is going to be the toughest game. Wisconsin has a good defense. Not quite as good as they have in the past year just because they lost so many guys off last year's team. And with the changes they made, uh, getting rid of Christ, the head coach, they seem to be mixing things up a little bit more on offense, having more success in the passing game where they've really struggled during Grand Mertz's time as quarterback for the Badgers. So, it's going to be a heck of a game. I think it is going to be a slugfest in Kinnick Stadium on Saturday, hoping that the Hawkeyes can continue to develop this offense, continue to, to put up some points and put up some yardage. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot tougher this week against Wisconsin. Uh, they're, a, they're a really salty team. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Three trophy games to end the season. 
and the Hawkeyes can still get to eight wins and then on to the bowl game. So we're we're feeling a lot better now. We were three and four just a couple weeks ago. Now it's five and four, a winning record again, and, and hoping for some big wins to keep the the trophy cases full. So good win for the Hawkeyes over Purdue, getting that monkey off their back and looking to get a big win against the Badgers this coming Saturday. Go Hawks! Mm-hmm.